Good morning. You'll probably be able to tell. I got a little um, stuff I've been fighting all week, and um, Wednesday was really bad, um, but um, I'm on the comeback trail, but I still got a little leftover, so please excuse me today. And um, as we continue to go through the book of Hebrews, I welcome those who are visiting with us this morning. You are not late to the party. This is only Sermon 2 in the book of Hebrews. And I praise God for that song, We Are Exalted. I think I had that album when it first came out. I think it was late 80s. Yeah, I have a couple of Twyla Paris CDs and tapes. Sparrow Records. They used to have the blue cassettes. Y'all don't know nothing about that. That's old school. Phil, didn't you have a Christian bookstore? You remember the little blue cassette Sparrow albums used to put out? Twyla Paris and Phil Drisco? I used to get those albums. I'm an old school Christian, y'all. I've been around for a long time. That should make you feel happy. But I remember the first time that song came out, and it, it just gets better, doesn't it? So we continued our sermon series in the book of Hebrews. Um, last week, we opened the series recognizing what it meant that Jesus was the, franchi the franchising of God's salvation to us. Well, this week, we follow the writer of Hebrews as he continues to, just like our song said, exalt Jesus to exalt Jesus against anything the readers of this letter could bring. Bring is possibly right superior or more excellent than what God has given to us in Jesus. Well, apparently there is a crew among the people receiving this letter who have been and are pretty starry-eyed about angels. Now, while I don't think the writer of Hebrews is engaging in some kind of Pokemon battle, right? With the Jesus card against the angelic card. He uses the apparent high view of angels to declare that if you think angels are boss, right? There is another exclusive level up when you are talking about Jesus. We're all like the folks in some way who originally received this letter, we are all starry-eyed and dizzied and consumed about something, maybe not angels, but, but something other than Jesus. Either because we have been concussed by a hard and harsh world or, or situation, or because our eyes and nostrils, right, are, are wide open, as they say, for hope and power somewhere other than Jesus. The writer of Hebrews is saying, look up a little higher than even the angels and see the one who is the boss king. Which means this, three things we're going to look at today. To look up to the one who is the celebrity king. Secondly, the one who is the forever king. And finally, the one who is the saving the celebrity king, the forever king, and the saving king. Let us pray before we go any further. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Help our hearts to look up. Help our hearts to exalt him who is the king. 
Open our hearts to hear your word today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a scene, because I didn't read it. My boys did or something. I think they read it. Y'all read Lord of the Rings or part of it? Yeah, he's raising his hand back there. He got that big, thick red book at home. Oh, man, just get the DVD. <laughs> There's a scene in Lord of the Rings movie where Aragorn, the king of Middle-earth, is, is not known to others around him. As a matter of fact, those riding around with him think he is just a ranger, right? That's the Lord of Rings version of kind of a middle management U.S. marshal or sheriff's deputy or something like that. And in the scene, they're, they're sitting around the fire and one of the other kings is talking and Aragon humbly butts in and, and gives his advice. And this older, respected king says to him, what does a ranger know about such things? As in, keep your mouth shut while I'm talking, boy. And he just sorts of dogs him, right? And then the elf prince jumps up dramatically and is like, you better watch your tone. Do you know who you're talking back to? This is Aragon, son of Arathorn, and he deserves your allegiance. It's something about him being the son of Arathorn, right? And the way they said it with the accent, it just sort of changes everything. And the music gets all dramatic, and the camera zooms in at his face, right? Like, what? This is the king. Uh-oh, he's the big dog. And the older king looks kind of taken back, humbled and amazed. Have to admit... As a pastor and a Christian, too. That the divine PR department did not do a good job making it easy for us to see Jesus' celebrity. As a matter of fact, as Jesus was walking around in the flesh like Aragon, it was easy to ignore him in his humility and in his ministry on earth. The angels may have seemed to flash brighter. But the writer of Hebrews jumps up like that elf prince did in Lord of the Rings and says this in verse 5. For which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Or again, I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings the firstborn, firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. In other words, break yourself, right? When you start talking down or, or lifting things up next to or higher than Jesus, you are talking about the only begotten son of the most high God. And just because he made company with human beings and was sent on earth in human form, he is not your normal historical figure. He's not just the son of a man, right? He is the son of God. He is the spitting image of God coming to flesh. He is the God man that is the boss, the boss king, and no one is on his level, which means not only break yourself, but check yourself. That when you hear the name of Jesus in ministry of the Lord, loose yourself a little bit. Let your knees bend. Let your mouth open with praise. Let your voice break forth in singing. Lose yourself in a star-struck moment of celebration because the one who is the Son of God deserves your allegiance, respect, and praise. I'll never forget when I was feeling good. 
about myself when I was in middle school, feeling a little older. My friend and I and his mom, we were having a little conversation. I decided it's my time to step into adulthood. I called my, my friend's mother by her first name. I knocked over my drink. has a cap on it. We were like laughing, hanging around, drinking bottled water. And I was like, ha, 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 Pam, that's so funny. <laughs> and she stopped. Like, Arr! And her face dropped and she looked at me and was like, what did you call me? And with the scariest, wimpy, non-man voice, I said, Pam. Back in the day, y'all, was different. She was like, no, no, you call me Miss Robinson. And then she even followed up, you're getting a little ahead of yourself, Howard. <laughs> and I know today we don't teach our kids the same way, but when I was a kid, you entered the rumor house with older people sitting around, and you don't say nothing? You can't walk up. And my grandmama had one of these shotgun houses, right? So you walk in, and you in the living room, you know, with the plastic on the couch where only the... Well, I don't know who they were, the celebrity people get to sit. <laughs> Not even the kids. You walk in that room and you act timid or anything, like scared, one of those old women gonna say, excuse me, you don't know how to say good evening? Good evening, all right then, you can pass through. <laughs> Look at verse six and seven. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his ministers flames, flames of fire. What? Hebrews is saying, look, the angels ain't even tripping like us. Like some of y'all are about, right? They are not getting ahead of themselves or, or thinking of themselves higher than they should. No, they speak and act with proper respect and recognition about their Lord. They don't know. They know, excuse me, what they are and what is going on. They know they are just what? The angelic entourage, the court, the crew, the support staff of Jesus. And if they are the highest beings we know and hold them in high esteem, then guess what? We should get smart and follow suit and worship him and call him Lord above all and everything else. I mean, look at verse 7 again. Of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. Do you know what that means? That he makes the angels the winds and the flame of fire? I don't want to get all theological techni theologically technical with you, but have you ever, you, yeah, some of you have seen it, and been to concerts with wind machines and smoke machines and pyrotechnic stuff blowing up? Right? And the person jumps out. I'll never forget. Remember Charles talking about Michael Jackson shooting up through the stage and the fire going crazy? Get this. The angels, 
these high beings are simply operating as the smoke and wind machines and pyrotechnics to highlight and lift up, right, and shine a light on Jesus. And then the Bible says this, they, then they go out and to the side and turn off when their purpose is done for that moment or time in history. The angels live to give glory to God and then move to the side. The poet Longfellow has a poem where he describes the angels like this. The angels of wind and fire chant only one hymn and expire. And with the song's irresistible stress, expire in their rapture and wonder as the harp strings are broken asunder by the music they throb to express. The Bible is saying, and as Longfellow expresses, the angels fall apart. They lose themselves and fall into full worship mode. And so if the angels live as a holy entourage, as the lights and camera and action to the celebrity king, how much more you? How much more we, his people, his children, his so-called brothers and sisters? Let me let you know something. When I think about how people act around celebrities, if I was an unbeliever and y'all going around talking about Jesus, your king, and if I were to walk in, in some churches or in some homes where y'all talk about Jesus is your king, right? And, and you talk about your king being worshiped by angels. I wouldn't know if there was a celebrity because we too cute acting, right? And are hanging around and talking about Jesus, calling on and referring to him like we are on a first name basis. Sometimes I blame it on our familiarity with Jesus that somehow we become so theologically astute about who he is. We understand the historic Jesus that we fail to act crazy about him in the way we're called to. Do you know whose name you are talking on and talking about? The only begotten Son of God, the King of kings and Lord of lords, and the angels shake, rattle, and roll and worship to him. And the fact that God, the King, walked this earth and for you believers entered your life should make you celebrate him and check yourself and, and bend yourself and obey and follow him. Let his power and celebrity, get this, break your heart and celebrate Jesus to bow down to the boss king, right? To let everything and anything you got to give and bring and be given to him and done for his glory. He is the celebrity God king. But we know what comes with celebrity. I uh, did a little word study on celebrity. It's interesting. The word used to mean something. <laughs> like, we're going to celebrate this person. This is a celebrity. This person changes the world forever, right? Now, and they even talked about the progression, that now celebrity means fickle. It's not a good word to use. Man, you're a real celebrity. It's all cynical and sarcastic, right? You're a celebrity, dude. Oh, great. 
You know what comes with celebrity? Just that term. Rise, peak, then fall, right? A celebrity lives on his or her popularity and fickle taste of the cultured world and their ability to stay on top of their game. A celebrity is celebrated and worshipped today and then gone tomorrow. But look at the contrast between angels and Jesus Hebrews gives us starting at verse 7 to verse 12. Once again, of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire, right? So just the nature of wind and flame and fire, we talk about that temporary. But of the sun, it says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. Now that sound familiar. Didn't we sing that today? That was a real coincidence. Must be true, right? Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of unrighteous, uh, unrighteousness is the scepter of your kingdom, right? S sorry, that is totally wrong. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness be beyond your companions. And you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning in the heavens of the work of your hands. They will perish but you remain. They will all wear out like garments. Like a robe, you will roll them up. Like a garment, they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will have no end. It is clear that Hebrews is saying that Jesus' is celebrity, that Jesus being the boss king, if you will, never ends. He is forever king for all time's sake, which means the world might change. The struggles may come out historically year by year differently, like verses 10 through 12. He's talking about the seasons and how can I put it? The sessions, right? In times of the earth with all that is popular one day and unpopular the next and all those who are large and in charge and all that is important and pressing for you and me at this time and what will be pressing and hard for us next year that wasn't the year before, the seasons of life. And the writer is saying that Jesus wears the seasons of life and history, and then when he is done with it, it changes. He takes it off and rolls it up like a garment and then changes it. But the point is this, the seasons might change like a robe rolled up, but he stays the same. Let's face it. It's easy to focus on window dressing, to be taken, to be enamored, for some of us to be controlled and discouraged by what is presently happening, what we can see, what is trending, what is impacting our feelings and emotions. Man, you and I have circumstances that change and people come into our lives and then go out of our lives and that changing and changing and changing and less of, lack of insecurity and surety in any one person in any situation can really be debilitating and frustrating and sad. I remember thinking I would have my mom forever. You know, it's crazy. Like, intellectually, I know better. People are like, you going to have your mama forever? No. But you know, 
When somebody like your mom dies or your dad dies or a sister dies or somebody close to you dies, it kind of hits you like, wow, something in me thought that they or what they provided or their place in my life or my history would be there forever. There are just certain people you expect to be like that. And your parents are one of them, right? She was my closest spiritual companion as a mother, right? She led me to the Lord and helped me experience the Lord. She was a beautiful person. And when she died some years ago, some of y'all here went to the funeral down in Charleston, when God took the garment of her life and rolled it up, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know how to act. I was mortified and alone in a way I had never been alone. And maybe for some of you, it was not as emotional as losing a mom. Some of you have lost a pastor or a spiritual leader or friend somehow. Or maybe something new is going on in your life, a new struggle or the same struggle that won't go away, a job change, new issues in the world. And it's easy to see that as being the thing to worry about and fret about. But Hebrews is saying under it, in it, wearing it, moving in it and through it and shrouded in it like a, 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 a mold or a, 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 something that the, the garment hangs on that will not change regardless of how much the garment swings in the wind, right? He's saying that in all of our problems and circumstances, the one ultimately giving shape for his purposes is the Lord Jesus. And look at what kind of king is sharing. And in the middle of all our circumstances and changes and problems, in verse 9, it says, the one that is in the middle of your ever-changing circumstances and ever-changing problems and ever-changing pains, right, is the one who loves righteousness and hates wickedness. The Lord Jesus has been crowned and coronated and robed, right, with control over all the world. And he, regardless of what your marriage is going through or your kids are going through or you're going through, no matter whether you're in the valley or on the mountaintop, in or under, it is all under the sovereign King Jesus who's the Lord of love and righteousness and grace. As Romans says, he moves in the robe of history and circumstance to work all things together for his glory, for the good of you and me. And he never changes. I tell you, cancer might have taken mama away. Sometimes I feel she might have just left me. I don't know, cancer might be taking your life away. Or one of a loved one fighting and misunderstanding might be the character for your family and marriage. You might be in a season where sin and your dead-end job is wearing you out. But good news, the Scripture is saying, your Lord the one who is the God of righteousness, love, and mercy will not die. He will not leave you or forsake you. He always understands in his love and mercy will not wear down his love and mercy and his power 
in your life is as we sung today forever and ever. Amen. People, in Jesus, you have the king, and, and he does not change. The angels come and go. Things in our lives come and go. Let us down. You feel like you can't take it anymore and live in a struggle like you're going through right now or go through next year. You might be wondering, where is Jesus? Our king is wrapped in your momentary and temporary problems and circumstances around himself, and he will not let you or them go. You have the right king at the right time for such a time and situation as you are going through right now, regardless of what you're going through, because he is always and never not the right one or right there to bear and carry and care for and bring rightness out of your life. In Jesus, you are not waving in the winds of karma or fate. He is at work under the cover of your days, but Jesus promises to be the one who is in control for your good, and then one day, take all the problems and all the struggles and like an old garment, roll it up and change it and you and your world forever. You see what Hebrews is promising is not only will Jesus be the forever king for all time's sake, but the king to the end. I remember I learned my lesson early when I Moved into the hood some years ago. I don't know if y'all don't know. I grew up as a kid in the suburbs. You could pay people ahead of time for things. <laughs> y'all know where this is going. Hey, dog. Look, man. First of all, you have to pay ahead because you have to pay so they'll know whether it's worth the risk taking out of somebody else's yard and planting it at yours. Hey, what's up, man? I got a sale on bushes today. Yeah, one of y'all just got some bushes from Home Depot and put it in the dirt and it's real loose. That's the new sale, just so you know, in your yard. I think I got four of them. If you give me the money now, half now, I'll plant them in your yard whatever. Or, hey, man, you need, a, you need a bird bath? I know where I can get one. I'm like, where is it? Give me the money. Delivery is promised, right? <laughs> That's how things work. You need, one time somebody said, you want some meat? No, I don't want meat. <laughs> Must have been a busy day at Harris Teeter and nobody could watch. <laughs> but I got ribeye. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm that Angus, dog. <laughs> I don't know how I can get behind that glass, but I want that real red-looking meat. <laughs> Sorry, that was not part of the talk. Um, but I remember I'd pay ahead of time for the yard. Hey, if you just give me $20 now, I'll do the front yard, and then I'll come by and do the backyard. If you give that $20, you're going to be a half-done front yard, and your backyard never going to get finished. Had to learn early. <clears throat> Look at verse 10 through 13 again. Lord, and you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you, you remain. They will wear out like a garment, like a robe, and you will roll them out like a garment. They will be changed, but you are the same in your years. 
will not end. And it says this, and to which one of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? This is saying Jesus, you know, this boss is, is going to finish dealing with hate and unrighteousness and wickedness in our lives and world, that the seasons might change and the struggles might be different and there might be ups and downs, but Jesus will one day take the sin of this world and roll it up and say, enough is enough. No more seasons of sin and pain and abuse and struggle and shame and depression and death. And then when he takes off his garments, the Bible says he will sit and make his and our enemies his footstool. I remember my dad would come home every day from work and he would take off his tie, right? And dress pants and put on his lounge shorts and have his V-neck t-shirt on with the dark socks still on. And then he would sit in this easy chair <clears throat> with a newspaper. Y'all remember those? Because the work was done. It was finished. The Bible saying that Jesus as the warrior king who is robed and engaged in the battle for us, that Jesus has defeated sin and death and Satan and the grave. He sits and puts his feet up because one day the work in around us will be done. And then forever and ever as he reigns, he, he will rest from our struggles that he's been victorious over. You know, sometimes I can't watch certain Clemson games. Because they're too much stress. Like the Panthers, they are the cardiac cats sometimes. I think I need to go to the doctor this week. So sometimes I had a discipline of recording it. And then if we win, watch it later. I don't want to go through. If it says we lost, all right, I'm not watching the game. Erase, DVR. <laughs> Can't take it. There are times that I've gone away and got back home too early. And it's like, overtime. Oh, no, please, I don't want to. But nothing's like coming home too early and turning on TV and seeing your quarterback with the guys behind him doing this and taking a knee. Woo, I love that scene. You know, we call that the victory formation. We could just take the ball and take a knee because you're just waiting for the clock to run out. Hebrews is saying Jesus is in the victory formation and it's just waiting with his feet up on the footstool for time to finish and for our stress and dismay. Guess what? The Bible is a DVR of Jesus' win. And he lets us see him in the victory pose now before our lives are done. There's an old gospel song we used to sing that says, please be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. People of God, you have an eternal, a for all times to the end boss king. And I urge you not to give up and not let go and not look at the outside and what only can be seen and experienced and the score this quarter. Please be patient and expect it and honorable 
of your king. Please be patient, not only with yourself and others who are waiting for God and begging God's grace to change them and continue and finish the work of defeating unrighteousness and brokenness of them and their world. Please be patient with your king. Your forever king is not through with you yet and through with you and me forever. The Bible says that he who began a good work in you is faithful to finish it until the day of Christ Jesus. And what work are we talking about? Look at the last verse. I'm talking about the angels here. Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? Interesting passage here in response to how the awesome the angels are, but how much they fall under Jesus' glory. But look at what he's implying here. The angels might be in the presence of God, but they are being used to usher into and give to people like you and me what God has for us. <sighs> the writers of Hebrews are saying that some of you have been so enamored by Jesus' entourage and by your circumstances that you have forgotten or may not know that you are called to be at his party. That the angels are not only in place to give glory to Jesus, but light the way and make the way clear for you to be part of the royal party. And there is a huge difference between being an attendant and being an attendee. Angels are attendants of salvation and in relationship with God. If you are a believer, you become an attendee of God's grace. The Cam Newton fundraiser event was right here at this building. Man, I heard there were some cars out there. Boy, I wish I could have seen that. Just the cars. I didn't even need to see the people. They would have had to arrest me. <laughs> Sir, could you move away from the cars? Okay, just, just give me one minute. <sighs> can, we pop the, can we pop the hood? I just... Man, they transformed this place for the celebrities. Man, this place didn't, does not look like, I mean, they brought this company in, they know what they're doing. They made it fit for the kings and queens and bosses of our city and big-time famous sports people and all kind of people were here. Folk you see on TV, and I remember thinking, how asked Dustin, right, the guy who runs 658, who's providing a place for the event and contracted the event out, whether I could get an invite to? In fact, he said, Hey, y'all, y'all want to see how you can be a part of the Cam Newton event? I was like, yeah! And I got excited! And I was, I was online. Is it cheaper to rent a tuxedo or buy one? Whoa. What kind of shoes I'm wearing? I went online to GQ. Like, what, you know, what's the athletes wearing today? I wasn't wearing them, you know, pants Cam Newton hat on with the women's shoes. I wasn't doing that. Maybe if I was 6'5", 240, I could pull it off. But when you're 5'8", 240, it's different. <laughs> you start to look a little questionable. <laughs> Don't even make those pants in 28, 29 inseam. Good Lord, some short legs. 
okay, where am I? So I was thinking about, I got to purchase a red, a tuxedo. And when Dustin finally called back, he was like, yeah, you can come. Yeah, I'm in. I'm going to get the Honda van polished up. <laughs> Parking right next to the Bentley with pride. This is my Bentley, the Honda version. The Odyssey. Doors all can open up automatically, dog. <laughs> he said, yeah, you can come. I said, well, what should I wear? He's like, just wear all black, like a black T-shirt and some dress pants you don't care about. Huh? He says, because I don't know how to put this. We're not really invited, but you can come as a worker. And that's how we get to get in the party, us too. So if we're willing to serve, you can come to be the ne next to the celebrities. Y'all, it wasn't that I didn't mind serving. But I wasn't coming to be an attendant. I wanted to roll up and in with the grace and glory and privilege to be an attendee of the event. The writer is saying the angels are attendants that make sure you have all you need to be attendees of God's grace as believers, as the scripture says, who are inheritors of God's salvation. You see, the Bible tells us and teaches that Jesus came, right, dressed out in, not in royal garb, but like a servant, if you will, like the all-black look, and behind the scenes, he built salvation. He came as a servant, and he asked the angels like you, and he asked the angels to join him to help create a place for sinners like you and me to be with him. Jesus came and lived and died for our sins and rose again so that you and I, sinners, could, ha could, could and would be more and live more and act more, more than his entourage or his attendants or just his servants. But so that we can be with him and share in his glory, to share in his love, to share in his peace, to eat from his portion and his table and his promises. To get this so that in Jesus, as those who trust the Lord, we sit and are invited and are headed to a relationship and place that is higher than what the angels have. Because we are not the Lord's ministers only. We are and would be his children, his people, his boys, his brothers and sisters, his closest earth-born companions. People of God with Jesus as your king. When you come to him, you are moving on up. You are leveling up. You are entering another level that couldn't, you couldn't bring yourself and didn't get for yourself. Your king made a way for you to be that way. He is the saving king, saving and lifting us from the muck and mire of a world that will be judged and end and be destroyed by hate. And he has rescued his people and set their feet on higher ground in higher places. And the Bible says this, that the angels as the attendants long to look into the relationship you have with Christ. It's almost like they're jealous, if you will, in a holy way. For some of you, you don't have to look in from the outside any longer. Do you know that? 
You're trying to attend to your own life. You're trying to attend to your own righteousness. You're trying to attend to your own way. You don't have to look from the outside in anymore. You know who Jesus gives an invitation to? Do you know who Jesus signs up to be inheritance of his salvation? Sinners like you and me who sometimes don't know up from down, left from right, don't have no tuxedo, don't have no black shirt, no black pants. We ain't got nothing but him. The Bible says he dresses you in his righteousness. And when you're dressed in his righteousness, and he takes your sins away. You live and exist in a place and in a relationship higher than the angels can ever hope to achieve. Because you're with your king, and your king has come to be with you. close with this. Can't seem to get enough of that Aragon thing. Once I started watching, sometimes certain movies you start watching, you ain't gonna, they ain't gonna let you go. At the end of that movie, the king is getting crowned and all these people are there. Aragon, the one who's just the ranger for so long. And he says this, once the crown was placed on his head, he says, this day does not belong to one man, but to all. And then he sings this song. Oh, man, it's amazing how they did it. The king sings, y'all. He's got a band. He's got a choir. But he sings a cappella. And he sings in a foreign language in the subtitles of that. And the song says, in this, says this, in this place I will abide. And my ears with me until the ending of the world. In this place, people, Jesus abides. And he sings over you now as king and you, his ears, are and will forever reign with him, not just into the ending of this troublesome world, but into the next. You will sit higher than the angels because you'll sit with him. Because the king, his kingdom was won by one God-man, but the blessing from it were for all, for you, for me, for all that would come. As our song says, come ye sinners, come with your lives, bow before the king, it's time to stop focusing so much on your power to get it done. Don't give up. He's not left you. 
It's okay to keep seeking righteousness and holiness. It's right to repent again. Because your king is the boss king. And he saved us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. As you're exalted, there is a humbling truth. Here's the humbling truth. It's hard to believe. We will be exalted as you've called us to be. Sin will no longer have us. Struggle does not control our destiny. Lord, help us to realize that you do. I pray for your people. That you, Lord, as you sing over them, they would hear your song of redemption. Pray that you would comfort them because times are hard. I know the stories in this sanctuary right now. I look at people and I know what some are going through. Let them praise you anyway because you deserve it, Lord. Let us trust in you because you never change. And help us have comfort because you promised to save us and take us with you. This we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.